Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of To Dare is Human, a podcast dedicated to stories of grit, determination, persistence, and sometimes plain hard-nosed stubbornness on the human journey to success. I'm your host, Adam Connor. I wanted to start this podcast off with a story, a story of how I got here and how I've cultivated my passion over the years to bring, or at least attempt to bring, success to my life. First off, hopefully this is one of the few episodes that centers on me, but I thought it important to start here to give you an impression of who I am and how we've come to be on this journey together. I've already got a few interviews in the works to follow my story, so stay tuned for those in upcoming episodes. Also, before I dive in, it's been awesome to see the engagement with the show already, and I'm so excited to continue to produce content for you on a regular basis. Just wanted to make sure I thank you for that before moving forward. It's extremely heartening. So, how did I get here? How have I tried to cultivate my passion over the years? And first off, doesn't the phrase cultivating your passion strike you as a little unnatural? It did for me, at least at first. I've noticed in our vocabulary that the go-to verbs when thinking about passion are words like find, follow, and chase. That never really stuck with me. I think it forced me to view passion as a separate entity, detached, aloof, floating, something I had to go capture instead of build. More importantly, whenever I heard the phrase, I often attached it to a single act or a profession or a goal, actor, uh, superstar, athlete, president. And after thinking about it, I've come to learn that not only is passion inherently within us rather than somewhere external, but that it is ever malleable to our interests and our situation. For me, that end game, that desired result of my passion, has taken a host of forms over the years. And as I look at those forms and start to put two and two together, I've found that one can use their passion to further themselves in any number of ways. My story, or this cross-section of it, started in the sixth grade, when an English assignment, and actually also a contest across the state of Maryland, led my classmates and I to write speeches to develop our presentation skills. My teacher at the time, Mrs. Blevins, and I know she's probably listening to this right now, impressed upon us that in order to get ahead in life, you had to know how to express yourself and how to present yourself in front of others because it was a challenge for a lot of people. From the very beginning, it surprised me that public speaking topped death as the average human's greatest fear. I just didn't get that. Maybe that's because I had no problem going up in front of my peers and saying something that I'd already written down and therefore couldn't mess up. I had no problem with it, perhaps, because I felt I had nothing to lose. That year, 6th grade, and part of 7th, so we're talking 11, 12 years old, I was an incredibly attractive uh, target <laughs> for bullying because, uh, you know, I'd tucked my shirt in and I hit the books, you know, whatever, both ripe for ridicule at that age and immaturity rules, I guess, at that time. But anyway, it was something that was not only natural for me, but something I was determined to become good at in the face of everything else. I wanted something that I could own. So that spring, basically every day after school, I would drill. I would run this speech to the point that I had everything rehearsed to the second. I was right on four minutes and 35, and if I wasn't, I knew exactly why I wasn't, and I'd fix it so I never wasn't again. Well, it ended up 
going very well. I ended up with a good mark in the class and actually ended up winning that state competition, which I thought was cool, mainly because it meant I got a free weekend at the beach for the finals in Ocean City, Maryland, which is, by the way, the best city in the world. Don't let anybody tell you different. I didn't see it at the time as a real pursuit or even a passion because I didn't think I could make a life out of making speeches for my English class. But of course, I was aware enough to realize, hey, this is something I know I'm good at. Let me see where else I can take it. Little did I know that that was the beginning of my own personal journey to cultivating my passion. I was fortunate enough to attend a high school, which also emphasized the importance of public speaking in striving for more in this world, however we chose to define it. After a year of trying out the speech and debate team on the debate side, which went poorly, to say the absolute least, I switched back to speech and ended up replicating the success I had seen before, competing with both speeches I wrote on my own and interpreting pieces written by others, I was able to stay top five ranked competitively in the country and to cap it off at the end of senior year, I walked out of there with a national championship. And by the way, there was no beach that time. The last two national tournaments I attended were in Kansas City and then Omaha, Nebraska. So a far cry from tropical. And again, confirmed pretty soundly that this was something that I was good at, no doubt about it, but not something that I could make a living from, at least not as I saw it. But nonetheless, a passion for something, maybe speech making, maybe something more. College opened my eyes up to the possibility that this talent of mine was generalizable, malleable, into fuel for my real life, as it were. I did it because I needed to. No more speech team in college. Instead, I found friends and enjoyment through acting, which I did extensively throughout high school as well as college, and through hanging out at the school newspaper. Something about the writing and general presentation of it all really pulled me in. But as I saw it as an opportunity to do something businessy in between rehearsals, I joined the advertising team. And when I wasn't performing in a black box, I was on the phone with the pizza shop down the street trying to get them to put an ad in the paper. Not exactly speech on a national stage. But with both, I found that my ability to produce and to present was perfectly translatable. A different audience, sure, a different goal, but an underlying passion which had been cultivated into a method for personal success. By the end of college, I was able to leverage this passion for presentation into a number of different streams. I did give one final speech at graduation, uh, the first I'd done in four years to an audience of four to 5,000 people, something like that, which was exhilarating. And looking ahead after college, I was faced with how I would move this passion into a career, and two more streams came about. On one hand, I had a job offer from a small sales organization in a privately held tech company close to my home. And on the other, I had an opportunity to go to Hollywood to act in film, repped by a very well-respected talent manager who discovered me after seeing me in a play. It was a massive crossroads which left me completely unsure of what to do, but which left me cognizant of the fact that, at least for then, I had successfully cultivated my passion to some point. And it took me six or seven years to get there, and the journey is by no means over, but it's a story that goes to show that it's something which you grow, something which you change, and something which you risk, and not something which you just find by divine providence. I'll talk 
throughout the course of this show about taking risks and the successes of people who took them. The interviews I produce will hopefully tell stories of the daring, of the smart, maybe a little bit of the lucky, who take the right chance at the right time and who are successfully able to intersect their passion with that which brings them personal success. This particular chapter of my life, which I've told, does not end with a spectacular leap of faith, with a big dare, as it were. I took the steady job, which has come with challenges and successes of its own, to be sure, perhaps to be discussed sometime down the road, but it was a daring choice I avoided out of fear that it wouldn't work. Was that the right choice? I don't know. I'll probably never know, and frankly, I don't want to know. Am I still able to leverage my passion in what I do now? Oh yeah, you bet. And nonetheless, it proves that I still have a lot to learn, something I hope to do with you through this. As the title of this episode states, this is how I got here. You'll notice that even in this podcast episode, I'm continuing to cultivate. I'm finding a new audience to present to. It's a cultivation that I'll be continuing through the course of the show. And like I said, I wanted to talk here a little bit about my background first, set the stage, sort of get that out of the way so that I can focus on the guests that I bring in. And with that in mind, I'm looking for stories to showcase. I have a few folks lined up to talk to, but I'm open to suggestions, again, to learn right along with you. If you have thoughts on that, or thoughts in general, be sure to interact with me on Facebook at Human, on Twitter at Human. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have episodes pushed directly to your device, uh, leave a review, a rating, etc., I also have an Instagram set up now, which I'm not sure what to do with yet, but it exists. That's Tudere is Human. And finally, if you want to contact me directly, you can do so at, guess again, Human at gmail.com. All right, that's it. That's enough contact info. That's it for the episode. Uh, that's just about it for the show for now. And until the next episode, I'm Adam Connor. Keep daring, and I'll see you later. Later.